Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. We're up to Psachim 43b on the bottom, the fifth line from the bottom. All the prohibitions in the Torah in order to, be, to get the required minimum amount you have to eat the Torah says don't eat eating has to be a minimum the size of an olive so if the prohibition you eat the prohibition less than an olive but together with the, with the part that's permitted you get the olive the amount of an olive, it doesn't add up. The Torah says don't eat something. The entire olive amount has to be from the prohibition, not a mixture of the prohibition and the non-prohibition. For example, the Torah says don't eat fat. So let's say I ate a piece of steak together with the fat. That, that's, that's, that's prohibited. Mm-hmm. So... But I didn't need an olive's worth of fat. I ate an olive's worth of a combination of the of the meat mm-hmm. together with the fat. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't violate the prohibition. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat the required amount. It has to be the entire olive amount. It has to be an olive amount of fat. Mm-hmm. That's throughout all any prohibition in the Torah, with the exception. Chutz. The one exception is is nazir. Nazir. And the Torah says Nazir is not allowed to drink wine or eat a grape or a raisin, a dried grape. The Torah also says Mishris if it's soaked with wine. So Mishris Yayin comes to teach me that, that if it's infused, it's a mixture. If it's a mixture and you eat from the mixture, if the whole Kazayas you eat is a mixture, a combination of uh, the grape and, and other things, then, uh-huh. then you, you violate the prohibition. Mm-hmm. So it's a special, so that's the exception of the rule. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you, if you soak bread in wine, the Torah is telling you, anything that you soak in wine, so even if you have a combination of a kazayas, but the kazayas wasn't a kazayas of, of wine. It was a kazayas, the combination of the bread and the wine. So you violate the prohibition and you get lashes. Because if the Torah just meant, if the Torah just meant that if you soak it in wine, you soak the bread in wine and you have a kazayas of the wine, then what's, what's the Torah teaching me? I mean, obvious. Uh, why shouldn't I violate? The Torah is teaching me a novelty. And even though when you soak the bread and wine and you eat the kazayas, it's not a kazayas only of wine. It's a kazayas between the combination, the mixture. The kazayas is made up of a mixture of bread. There's no prohibition of eating bread. But since it's a mixture, so you get, and together, the combination, you have a kazayas, you violate. That's what the Torah is coming to teach me by Nazir. An argument here between Rashi and Teisvis. When what does Rabbi Rabbi Yechonon mean? Does he mean to say that it's only when the, it's combined together that it's, it's mixed together? The half a kazayis. Let's say I'm eating half a kazayis amount of wine, and the half a kazayis of bread. It's soaked and it's mixed together. Or no? Maybe even if I j- just drink a little half a kazayis amount of wine and I and I and I eat the bread at the same time, but not mixed together. 
So Rashi says, yeah, even then you would be, you would you would vi- you would violate, and you would get lashes, because the Torah says you have to eat. A kezayis means other less than the kezayis. Not called eating. Here I ate a kezayis between the bread, the half kezayis of bread and half kezayis of wine. I, I ate, and the Torah is teaching me as long as part of that eating is is wine, I violate it. Taisa says no. It's only it's only when you mix when they're mixed together. Okay. Zidi Omar Zidi says, Afsa'ir Bal Taktiru. The Tatus says, You're not allowed to burn on the altar anything, any mixture of sourdough. Everything on the altar has to be not leavened, unleavened, and, and, and honey. So he says also, Afsa'ir Bal Taktiru. And even if it's less, it doesn't have to be a kezayis of, 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 of like the yeast, of sourdough. Even if it's a mixture, and the mixture contains half of, half of the kezayis is sourdough, and the other half is, is regular. But since it's a mixture, and you, you offer it on the altar, you violate this prohibition and you get lashes. That's the, the other exception, according to Zidi. Rabbi Yechanan argues. So if you burn a half a kezayis of leaven together with a half a kezayis of matzah on the altar, you will get lashes. The Gemara says, who is this opinion? This follows Abelazer. The Dodrish, like we learned, uh, we learned uh, earlier, Abelazer, the Dodrish Koil. That since it says Koil, Koil, Koil comes to add. That coal, that, that even if you burn, you're liable for burning leaven on the altar, even if only a portion is leaven. Coal, even if a portion of it. That if you burn a full kezayis on the altar, even though only, only a portion of it is leaven, mm-hmm. you violate the prohibition. Rabbi Yechonon doesn't hold like Rabbi Leza. The rabbis disagree with Rabbi Leza. The rabbis hold that we don't learn from coal. Coil doesn't come to teach us that um, that any mixture. Rabbi Lezer says that if you eat a mixture of chametz with non-chametz, so you get lashes. Because even though the full kezayis is not chametz, it's only together with the mixture of non-chametz. Coil, coil machmetz is all comes to add that even if you eat a mixture, the rabbis disagree. The rabbis say, no, you don't get lashes. The Rabbi Yechonon follows the rabbis. That's why he says the only exception is the Nazarite. Zidi follows the opinion of Rabbi Lezer, and he says he also have the case of Kichol Se'er. If that's the case, if you're following Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says his opinion by Chometz and Pesach. So you should say there's three, there's another exception. Zidi should say there's an additional exception. There's three exceptions. There's Nazir. There's if you if you uh, if you offer the chametz with a mixture of non-chafamatza on the altar, and if you eat on Pesach, you eat a mixture of chametz and non-chametz. Everything what? Enochanami, you're right. 
You're right. And he meant he meant the exception of Baltaktiru. He also he also includes also the Chametz and Pesach. Why does he specify only the case of offering it on the altar, offering leaven on the altar? Lafuki he wants to he wants to um, to to make an, to exclude the, the view of Abayi. Abayi said, "Yes, Abayi hold that the coil when you come to add that even if you even if you offer in the altar less than the kazayas of leaven, you get lashes." Abayi says, "Even if that's all you offer is less less than kazayas, it has to chametz." Leaven, and even if the leaven is less than the kazayas, the Torah teaches us that you get lashes. Usually, it has to be a kazayas. Less than the kazayas doesn't count; it's not significant. So, the Torah comes to say, "Call to add that even if it's less than the kazayas, you get you get lashes." So, Abayi says that even it's come to teach me that even if it's less. Kamash Maloni says, no, there's no such thing. You don't get lashes if you offer on the altar less than the olive amount. Then it's not significant. The, only, the, Torah, the novelty is, the Torah is teaching me that if you offer on the altar an amount of kezayis, but the, not the full olive amount is chametz, is leaven. It's half chametz and half matzah. But nevertheless, you get lashes. That's what Ezidi is coming to teach. Yosef Rabdimi, Rabdimi said, Rabdimi and he repeated this, what Rabbi Eichanan said, the teaching of Rabbi Eichanan, that the only exception, the only place where you say that that what's permissible, add, you can add it together with what's prohibited to make up the, the minimum required amount, is only by Nazar, exclusively by Nazar, the exclusion of all other prohibitions. All other prohibitions, you only get lashes if you eat the full olive amount only exclusively of the prohibition, not of a mixture. So he repeated this. You're telling me that throughout the Torah we don't say that the mixture, that the, the permissible adds to the prohibited, but none we learn in the Mishnah. We learn what if the dish is truma, a truma dish? And the, and the garlic, and the oil, and is is the, the spice that you add the spice that you add the garlic and the oil is regular is chulin is not truma and the tulyam touched part of it puzzle is kula so all of it becomes impure even the garlic and the oil everything why? Because it's nullified. It's nullified to the majority. Since the primary ingredient is truma, mm-hmm. so the spices is also treated like truma. It's considered like it's treated like one entity. So therefore, if a tful yayim touches it, and a tful yayim could disqualify truma, tful yayim only disqualifies truma. A tful yayim, someone who was impure, and he went to the mikvah, he's just waiting till sunset, till the stars come out, in order to make him to make him fully pure, so he can eat, eat truma. He's considered like a sheni, and uh, by, if it's not truma, there's no no more any tuma. Tuma can only reach, can only go to a second degree, a second a child, the grandchild of tuma. That's it. Can't go further. But truma, because it's sacred, it's holy. It could even take it a step further, become like a shlishi. 
So since so Tvul Yoyim could only contaminate the porridge, which is, which is Truma, but since that's the main ingredient, and the spice and the, and the garlic is just a is just in spice, it's on top of it, it's nullified, so the whole thing becomes tummy. What if it's the reverse? The parage is, is chulin, is non-trum. And the garlic and the oil is trum. And the tvuyem touched a little bit. Only where he touched, it becomes tummy. Not the whole thing. Because... Because chulin, since it's majority chulin, since it's a majority chulin, so chulin, a tvul yoyim can't contaminate chulin. Chulin can't become contaminated by tvul yoyim. Someone who went to the mikvah and was waiting, waiting till the stars come out to become fully, completely pure to the extent he can eat truma. That he's like a secondary truma, and he cannot impart truma to a to a chulin, to a non-truma food item. All we can impart truma, truma to the spices. The spices itself are truma. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they could become tamid. They could become, yeah, they could become tamid. Yeah, because it's a vegetable. They could become tamid and not, and not, and not the porridge itself. Mm-hmm. Why? Even the spice, even the, the garlic and the, sh- the oil should also remain pure. Why? Because a bottle of tavum b'dayv, it's bottle b'dayv, it's nullified by the majority. Right? The title, you follow the majority, it's nullified. So the, 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 um, the garlic and the oil should be, should be nullified to the porridge and therefore should also be considered like chulim. Mm-hmm. So no part of it should become tamim, mm-hmm. impure. Explain, you know what the reason is? Since if a zar, a non-koy, eats, would eat the oil and the garlic, if he ate a kazayas amount, he would get lashes. He would get lashes. So since he would get lashes, therefore it's not nullified. Would he get lashes? Why don't you say it's nullified? You shouldn't get lashes. It's only rabbinic. We're talking about biblically. It's batal b'ray. Biblically, you, you, it's nullified in the majority. So he's explaining what Rabbi Rachana is explaining is that a mixture of truma with non-truma is biblical. It's biblically prohibited. And a non-kayan who eats from this mixture, if he eats a kezayis, you get lashes. So therefore, it can't be nullified. Even, even, even in regarding to the laws of impurity, you can't say it's nullified. It has a name of truma. But nevertheless, it's not as strict to say that the whole thing becomes truma. And therefore, if he touches a part of it, the whole thing, all of it, becomes like one entity and all of it becomes impure, we don't go that far. We just say... That the part of truma that he touched, this, the garlic and the oil, that, that becomes impure. Mm-hmm. But the, the porridge itself, which is non-truma, remains pure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we see from there? What, what are we talking about? How, how do you get lashes? Isn't it, doesn't he mean, doesn't he mean that you eat a mixture? You ate a mixture, and the mixture contains truma, so therefore you get lashes. It doesn't you don't need the full kezayis to be of truma? It's the mixture. 
Everything about Allah. No. No, that's not a reason. The truth is, Rabbi Yechanan said, we don't say hetem mitzadaf lisa. The mixture, you don't get lashes for eating a mixture. It has to be, the full kazayas has to be from the prohibition. So what does he mean over here? You get lamalkas. My kazayas, pras. I eat enough. When I eat a half a loaf, the amount, the, the amount of time it would take me to eat a half a loaf, it's made up according to the actually of four eggs. So the amount of time it would eat, it would take me to eat a half a loaf, we have all different opinions of how much that time is, a few minutes, how many minutes. But if the, in that time period, I ate from the porridge together with the oil and the garlic, and in that time period I ended up eating a kazayas amount, of, an olive amount of of the truma, of the uh, oil and the garlic, then I get lashes. Because 100% of the kezayis was the prohibition. Not the mixture. I don't get lashes because they ate the mixture. The alone. I ate the truma alone. Like I ate the truma alone. The exactly. Sauce, exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. If in that time frame, in that time period, I ate that amount of a kezayis, of a truma, that's where you get lashes. Right. Kezayis, is that biblical? This idea, this principle, that if you eat an olive volume, forbidden food, and the time it takes to eat a half a loaf, and it's considered as if it's eaten one time, in one shot, is that biblical law? You should get lashes for it? Is this truly like all the other measurements in the Torah, that's Allah is this something we learned at Sinai? Amalayin, he says, yes, yes it is, yes it is. In fact, if that's the case, I might plead it up on the Rabbi So why do the rabbis disagree with Rabbi Lezer? We had an argument we learned yesterday, we had an argument, Rabbi Lezer and the rabbis, of a person needs a mixture, a mixture of chametz and non-chametz. Kutucha Bavli is, he takes sour milk with crumbs of the crust of bread, what? Yeah, and you would mix it together. And that you would eat from that mixture. If you ate from that mixture, Rabbi Lezer says you get lashes. The rabbis say you don't. So we said, so we explained the reason is because Rabbi Lezer says that the permissible, the mixture mixes, the permissible mixes with the prohibition. Now it became a mixture. So if I ate a kezayis of this mixture, even though I only ate a half a kezayis of the chametz, of the bread, yeah. the crumbs, but since the whole mixture now is prohibited, and therefore if I eat a kezayis, this mixture is prohibited, and he learns it from his coil, Taylor comes to add, the rabbis disagree. But now that you're telling me that even if the rabbis disagree, even if you don't, even if you don't hold hetem etzadif even if you don't hold that you're, you're liable for the mixture, but nevertheless, if I ate it at that time, if I ate it in that amount of time, in a few minutes, I ate enough of the mixture that in that time I ate, I ate like a kazayas amount of crumbs. Even the rabbi should say I should get lashes. That's what he explains to me here. That you ate the, the porridge. You ate in that a few minutes, in that amount of time, you ate a kazayas. You ended up eating a kazayas of the truma. Truma. The non-coin ended up eating a kazayas amount of the truma, of the garlic and the oil. And that's why you get lashes. So over there by Hamas, you should also be liable. Why do the rabbi say you're not liable? So he says, okay, so what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? The, the questioner, he's asking the questioner, so you want to prove from this, from the head of the 
biblically, there's no. Biblically, you believe that biblically there's no this idea of achilles pras that you combine the time if you eat in this amount of time as if you ate it at one time. You say it's not biblical, so you can't get lashes for it. So why over there do why over there do you get lashes? If you eat the uh, spices, when non koyan eats the garlic and the oil, the spices for this porridge, why? So you're saying because he ate from the mixture, and the mixture is considered now like one. So if I eat a kazayas, if I get lashes. And that would explain why by Kutacha Bavli, this mixture of chametz with non chametz, Abelezer holds he get lashes, and the rabbis disagree and say you don't get lashes. But if that's the case, I might plead it a bundle of Abelezer with Bavli. Why would the rabbis disagree with Abelezer by Kutacha Bavli? If they say by Truma Hetemisadaflis, if they agree, then it's not only, then in other words, it's not limited to. To Nazar, it's not only in the case of Nazar, you're saying throughout the Torah, even by Truma, you also say that the mixture of the Torah holds you liable for the mixture. So if that's the case, why don't you say the same by Truma, by, by, by Hamas also? Not with this particular product. Take aside, remove the argument is we're talking about a case where there's not a kazayas. The rabbis knew, we're talking about a case, you don't have a kazayas of crumbs, even in that time frame of a few minutes, you eat, up, you eat the mixture, you're not eating. Why also? Because it's a dip. It's very punchy. Because it's a dip. Yeah, it's like a dip. No one eats a dip. You just dip it in. Mm -hmm. So in the amount of time... Right, don't gob it down. Exactly. Exactly. In the amount of time, in those few minutes, you're not going to end up eating a full kazayas. Less because I say his brass. Ibeina the kasar of a gal. If you're gonna tell me we're talking about a case that he eats it, he eats it. He just eats the the dip directly. He gobbles it down like you say. Butzlatayt is a kolodim. That's not called eating. It's too it's too pungent. It's too too right. It's not the normal way of eating. If you eat the not normal way of eating, you don't get lashes. So that's why the rabbis say you don't get lashes. Make up your mind. Either way, either because if you eat it directly, it's not the normal way of eating. If you use it as a dip, you don't have the amount of time to eat it in that few minutes, in that frame, time frame to eat the kazayas of crumbs. It's just a dip. That's why the rabbis say there you don't get lashes. But over here, over here you do get lashes in the case of truma. Because here, in a few minutes, yes, you can eat a kazayas amount of the garlic that was truma. The non-koyin is eating a kazayas amount, the gar- garlic and the oil, oil that was truma. That's why you get lashes, and that's biblical. Mm-hmm. But really, the rabbis don't, but the rabbi Eichen is correct. We don't say that you're liable for a mixture. You're not liable for a mixture, with the exception of the nazir. So, Gemara says, Eisvi, I'll ask you a question. We learned that Eis, steak davis. person has two pots. Achoshul chulin, achoshul trum. One pot of chulin. Non truma and one trum. Well, if nay, in two mortars, you know, where you press the peppers or whatever to crush it. The mortar, the pestle. Yeah, yeah, the pharmacist would know. That's what they, they made the drugs. He grinds. Right, right. Right. One of them is truma, one of them is chulin, one of them is truma. And one fell into one. I don't know which one fell into which. Mutarin am allowed. Shani yomer, because I say, I assume, I say truma l'teich truma nafla. Probably the truma fell into the truma. V'chulin t'chulin nafla. So there's no mixture here. So it's allowed. The chulin is allowed. 
So you have to say, you must say that how could the rabbis be so lenient? Because it's only a rabbinic doubt. The whole prohibition is only rabbinic. Even if the chulin fell into the truma, it's only rabbinically prohibited. So whenever there's a doubt, any rabbinic prohibition, there's a doubt, you always have to be lenient. That's what we say, you know, let's say that the chulin fell into the chulin, the truma fell into the truma, and everything no is okay. No problems. No harm, no foul. But if you're going to say it's biblical, that biblically, it's a doubt, it's a biblical doubt, because if the chulin, if the, if the truma fell into the chulin, then it's biblically prohibited, this mixture is biblically prohibited, then how could you be lenient? You have to be strict. When it, any doubt that's biblical, you have to be strict. So that's you might ask, hey, I'm if you're going to say, that it's biblical if you eat an amount in this time frame of a few minutes. You end up eating a kezayis, an olive amount of the prohibition. You get lashes, biblically. So I'm how could you say what if the, if, if the meducha if the spices fell into the chulin it's a mixture of truma the spices of truma fell in to the chulin now it's a mixture and now you can end up eating within a few minutes you can end up eating a kezayis amount of the spices which is truma the non koyin and you can get lashes for it so how could you be so f- uh, flippant and say well let me just say the, the chulin fell into the chulin truma fell into the truma Amalei, so he answered, no, it's not a question. Because the whole tavlin, the whole idea of truma, of, of spices, biblically, truma is wheat, barley, you know, wine, oil, olives. Right, grain, wine, and oil. But here, vegetables, garlic, garlic, vegetables, only rabbinic. So the whole thing is rabbinic. It's all yes, really, I would tell you that if you eat in the, in the time frame of a few minutes and you end up eating a kezayis, it's biblical, you get lashes. But here, there's no lashes, there's no, there's no biblical lashes, because the whole thing is rabbinic. Spice, that spices should be truma is only rabbinic. Imar says, Eighth, I'll ask you a question, another question. We learn, steak kupa is too, too bad. Two baskets. One chulun, one truma. In front of them, two soyin. And they fell. One fell into the other. I don't know which one. Mutarin. And I say, chulun, the chulun, nafloo, truma, the truma. The chulun fell into the chulun. The truma fell into the truma. And therefore, everything is kosher. Everything is a okay. And over there we're talking about there we're talking about wheat. You can't answer the same question you answered before it's rabbinic. No, this is not spices. We're talking about wheat and barley. This this is biblical. So how could you say Shani Yoimer if you're gonna say that the Kazai Dechil's that if you eat in this time frame? You eat the amount of a kezayis of the prohibition. You get lashes, so it's biblically prohibited. You get lashes. How can you say shaniyoyim? Am I mentioning shaniyoyim? Amalei. So he answered him, "Hanach l'truma b'zmanazeh derabbanan." Let a lot leave go. Truma b'zmanazeh, because b'zmanazeh when the when the ten tribes of Israel have been exiled. Since the ten tribes of Israel have been exiled, all of this is only rabbinic. Chala is rabbinic. Truma is rabbinic. There's no truma biblically today. Okay. So, uh, in fact, the mother asks, 
You're telling me, Rabbi Yechonin said that Mishras comes to teach me that you're obligated even for the mixture when you mix the wine and the bread. So the novelty is that when I eat from this, from this soaked bread, even though I'm not eating a kazayas amount of wine, I'm just eating a kazayas amount of the mixture of the bread and the wine, between the bread and the wine together, nevertheless it tastes as you get lashes. Does the pastor come to teach me that? I mean, boy, I need this for something else. I need Mishras comes to teach me, comes to teach me a very important principle in the Torah. That the taste is like the substance. Even if you only have the taste, like this, I soak the bread and wine. There's no wine here. I just have the taste of wine, not the substance of wine. It's not like it's drenched with wine. I soaked it, now the, the bread has a taste of wine. So I treat the taste just like the substance. Just like the substance, you get lashes if you eat a kazayas of the substance. So now that the bread has the taste of the wine, it can, I treat it like the wine itself. And therefore if I eat a kazayas of this, of this bread, now I get, I get lashes as well. If you soak grapes in water, and now the water. It's water flavored, flavored like wine. You get lashes. And we cannot have done the Kolotetakul, and this teaches us for the entire Torah. From Nazir, we learn that the same is true of the entire Torah. Ma Nazir. How much more so? If Nazir, it's not prohibited forever. A Nazir is only for 30 days, or the amount of time that you specify, and then it comes to an end. It's not a, an eternal prohibition. Mm-hmm. There's no prohibition from benefiting. You're not allowed to eat or drink from it, but there's no, benef- there's no prohibition from benefiting from it. And there's a way you can release the person from his prohibition. Because it's a vow, basically. And you can un- unnullify your vow, so you can undo the vow. And nevertheless, even though you have all these three things going for it, it's li- so lenient. And nevertheless, also by Tam Kik, the Taita was so strict. The Taita said that the taste, we treat the taste like the substance itself. Kiloyim. Kiloyim, a mixture. A mixture of a grape seed. Kiloyim of a vineyard. A mixture of a seeds in a vineyard. A wheat kernel in a grape seed. Which the prohibition is forever. Once you have this mixture, it's prohibited forever. You're not allowed to benefit from Not only aren't you allowed to eat it, you're not even benefit from the mixture. And there's no way to nullify, to cancel the prohibition. What's done, it's done. Ain't it din? How much more so? Isn't it logically compelling that we should say, that there also, if you have the taste of the prohibition, even if you don't have the substance, it has the same status as the substance and you will get lashes. And the same thing you learn in the case of Arla. But over there, you only have two of the three. There, you don't have three strict, it's not three times stricter than, than, uh, than uh, Nazir, it's only two times stricter than Nazir. Why? It's... Arla is also prohibited. You're not allowed to benefit from it. Right? And there's no, you can't, there's no way to cancel it. 
within the three years, there's no way to cancel it. So it's unlike, it's lean, more lenient, it's stricter than Nazir in those two respects. Yeah. A Nazirite, in the case of a Nazir, you're allowed to benefit. In the case of our, of the case of our law, you're not allowed to benefit the first three years of the tree, the fruits of the first three years, you're not allowed to eat from it. That's called Arla. So you're not allowed to benefit from it, and there's no way to, to nullify it. Those three years, the fruits are prohibited. There's nothing I can do to make it kosher. Not like the Nazirite. I could cancel, undo the vow. You can't benefit from it. But the only thing is, you can't say it's prohibited forever. In that case, it's, it's lenient just like the Nazir. Because after three years, it's allowed. Taisvis asks, wonders, what do you mean? The fruits of the first three years are prohibited forever. The new fruits after the three years, that's allowed. But the f- three years, it's not like a Nazar. Nazar is not forever. The, fr- the fruits of the first three years, the prohibition is forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Taisa has a whole different understanding. But we won't get into that right now. Okay. So therefore, how could you say that Mishras comes to teach me? That the novelty by Nazir coming to teach me that if you soak the bread and wine is coming to teach me that that the mixture becomes prohibited, the entire mixture becomes prohibited. Not only the part, the wine that's there, even the bread. And if you eat a kazais of this mixture, half wine and half bread, you get you're liable. What do you mean? We need this to teach me the tam ki'ikir. A principle, important principle in the whole Torah, the tam ki'ikir, that the taste has the same status as the substance. If you soak this, the, the, way, the, the water, the flavored water is also prohibited. Even though there's no wine there, it's just flavored water. But it has the flavor of the wine that also comes with right. it. So you live a mitzvah, not just. And for the Gemara, the answer That's the opinion of the rabbis. Rabbi Yechon, I'm a Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yechon holds a Rabbi Akiva. The rabbis hold tamkik, the flavor is considered like the substance. Rabbi Kiva disagrees. Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold of this principle. He holds in the whole Torah. You don't say Tamkik. Hey, Rabbi Kiva, where do you see Rabbi Kiva holds of this? the Masnisin. If you're gonna say the Rabbi Kiva of the mission, the mission of Rabbi Kiva says Rabbi Kiva says that soaked his bread and wine. And you have, you can put together a kezayis, chayiv, you're liable. So what do we see? Rabbi Kiva says clearly, Rabbi Kiva says clearly that by a nazir you mix the bread, the kezayis is made up of the mixture. It's not a full kezayis of the wine. The kezayis is made up of a mixture. Mm-hmm. At the combination principle, that's what Rabbi Kiva holds of this idea of the combination. Mm-hmm. How do we know the Mipasim Yain? How do you know Rabbi Kiva means in the Mishnah that it's the mixture, the the is of the mixture? Maybe. You add, you add the yayin. 
that I, I ate a kazayas of the yayin itself. If you're going to say, so what's, what's the novelty? What's the keep coming to teach me? Obviously, if you eat a kazayas of wine, then you're liable. By the way, how do you measure a kazayas of wine? You fill up a barrel. You fill up whatever a, a vessel of wine, and then you you drop an olive in it, and it overflows. You fill it to the top, and then you put an olive, and it overflows. It dis, the, the displaced amount. Then I know it overflows to another cup. That displaced amount. That's that's the amount of an olive. That's how you measure liquid an olive. What's it coming to teach me? Akamash is coming to teach me. That even though that even though it's mixed, in other words, the wine is not is not obvious. It's swallowed up in the bread. It's soaked in the bread. Soaked up in the bread. She's coming to teach me that even though it's a mixture and the wine is not, I can't see the wine. It's absorbed in the bread. Nevertheless, since I ate a kazayas of the wine, therefore I get lashes. How do you so? How do you know that Bekiva holds? Of this idea of a, of the mixture that the hetem it's not of leis. I learned this from Rabbi Kiva and the Braisa. We learned clearly. Tani, we learned the Braisa. Rabbi Kiva Emer knows it's a shorter pita biyayin. A knows it who soaked his bread and wine. Vachel kezayis mi pasu miyayin chayir. Rabbi Kiva says it explicitly, openly, clearly, that if the kezayis was comprised of this mixture, half wine and half bread. You're liable. So that's Rabbi Yochanan's opinion, the same going to Rabbi Kiv. So that's Mishras is coming to teach me Hetem and of Lisa. According to the rabbis, not. The rabbis say, no, I need Mishras to teach me Tamkik. No one argues with this principle. Rabbi Kiv also holds of the principle of Tamkik. Where does he learn it from? He can't learn it from Nazar. The rabbis learn it from Nazir. But Rabbi Akiva needs the mishras of Nazir to teach me that hetem it's tarifle isr, that the mixture, you're liable for the mixture. So where do you learn this idea that flavored water, flavored with wine, is also prohibited and you get lashes? He learns it out. Rabbi Akiva will tell you he learns it out from the prohibition of the mixture of milk and meat. What's the prohibition here? Milk is kosher. Right? Meat is kosher. It's the flavor. You're mixing the two. What, what happens when you cook them together? I get the flavor. I get the flavor of milk in the meat, and I get the flavor of meat in, in the milk. And that becomes prohibited. So the Torah is teaching me that the taste, the flavor, is the same as the substance. I'm not eating the milk. I'm eating the meat. I'm not eating the meat. I'm eating the milk. But the milk has the flavor of meat. And the meat has the flavor of the milk, and that, that's prohibited. Also over here, also throughout the Torah, also that the flavor is considered like the substance. What would the rabbis tell you? How would the rabbis respond? The rabbis say, no, we need the mishras from Nazir. When the Torah says, don't mix the soaking. The Nazir is not allowed to soak the bread and wine. That comes to teach me that the flavor is considered like the substance. Why? Why do I need a Pasuk to teach me that when I can learn it from the prohibition of the mixture of, of milk and meat? But Abana will tell you, you can't learn it from the, from the mixture of, of milk and meat. Because there it's a novelty. So you can say, just like the whole prohibition is a novelty, so therefore this aspect, 
that the Torah treats the flavor like the substance is also a novelty that's exclusive to this prohibition. You can't learn the rest of the Torah from here. My Chiddush, what's the great novelty of, of milk and meat? Elam, if you're going to say, because milk alone is kosher. Mil, meat alone is kosher. I mean, you mix the two is prohibited. So if that's the case, why koloyim nami? You can say the same thing with the, when you mix the seeds of the grape. Uh, the seeds of the grape with the wheat kernels. is allowed. So I, I can learn koloyim from there. Why do, you, why do you say it's only exclusive to milk and meat? The Torah prohibits cooking. Cooking is not allowed. But if you soak it all day, no problem. For 24 hours you can soak milk and Right. It's only cooking. It's only cooking. Why? What's the difference? If I'm soaking and it's soaking and absorbing the milk and absorbing... Cook for five minutes, that's it. Yep, exactly. So since it's a novelty, so therefore there the Torah says that the taste, the flavor is also... Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, how could you say, how could Rabbi Kiva learn this principle that the flavor is considered like the substance from milk and meat? Why? The rabbis say you can't learn from there. It's a novelty. Rabbi Kiva, Nami, of course he agrees with that. Where does he learn it from? Yalif, he learns in Megiulim Nachrim. That when you buy a pot from a non Jew who cooked, who cooked non kosher food from it, the Torah says you have to purge it. So, what do you have to purge it? What, what, what's already inside the pot? It's a clean pot. The taste. It's just a merely taste. And nevertheless, the Torah says you have to purge it. The taste is like the substance. So we learn from there, the same as in the rest of the Torah. But Rabbanu will answer, no. From there we can't learn. I have to learn it from the, from, in the case of the Nazar. Why? Because it's also a novelty. The call, nice and tamlev gamut. When you eat something, it's not kosher and it has a bad taste, the taste is off. It's mutter. You're allowed. The Gamdin, we learn from the Vela, we learn from the Vela. The Torah says you're not allowed to eat a carcass if you give it to the Goy or to the Ger, the Ger Taisha. But so it says only something that's edible. Something that's edible that, you can, that the Goy would eat or the Ger Taisha would eat. You can give it as a gift to sell it. That's prohibited, that the Jew is prohibited from eating. But anything that's not edible, that, 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 that loses its taste, you wouldn't sell it. No guy would buy it. He wouldn't give it to a gift. He would throw it back to you in the face. It's spoiled. It's rotten. It, 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 loses, it loses its taste. There, there's no prohibition. And nevertheless, in the case, in the case of the, the pot, which absorbed, they absorb the taste of the non-kosher foods, even though it loses its, 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 it's already off, the taste is off, nevertheless, the, the Torah prohibits it. So you see, it's a novelty when it comes to purging of, of the vessels of an Andrew. So you can't learn from there. Maybe only over there the Torah is strict and says that even the taste is prohibited. Just like over there, the Torah is a novelty we don't find in the rest of the Torah. That even though the taste is off, and nevertheless, you, you, you violate the prohibition, yet you must purge it. So therefore, even there, even though it's just merely a taste, and merely a flavor, nevertheless, you violate it. But you can't learn the rest of the Torah from that case. The Torah only, when the Torah says you have to purge, when you buy a vessel from a non-Jew, you have to purge it. It's only if the guy cooked in it that same day. 
he cooked in it for breakfast his hot sausages, <laughs> his pig, and then you buy it from him, so you want to cook it for dinner, you have to purge it that day. But the next day, biblically, you don't have to, because the taste is already, it'll lose after 24 hours, the taste is gone. No, it's, 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 it's defective taste. It's a bad taste. It loses its taste. Therefore, that, that, biblically, there's no prohibition, like Nevela. But the 24 hours, it still has its taste. So it's no novelty, since the taste is so good, so therefore you, still, you have to purge it. So from there, I can learn from the rest of the Torah that, that taste and flavor is like the substance. But Abana, what would the rabbis answer? Abana will say, The rabbis disagree. The rabbis say that any taste, the moment the taste is absorbed in the pot, in the, in the pot, it, it already starts losing its flavor. It already starts starts losing its taste. It diminishes its taste. Its taste is uh, becomes off. And nevertheless, even the first 24 hours, you shouldn't have to purge it. So if a Torah tells me you have to purge it, even though the taste is off, so therefore, according to the rabbis, biblically you have to purge a pot, even not the first 24 hours. Even it doesn't matter. Because there's no difference in the first 24 hours, according to the rabbis, and after the first 24 hours. Right? The first moment the taste is already starts being off. And nevertheless, a Torah says you have to purge it. So therefore, you can't learn from there this concept that the flavor is considered like the substance. From the rabbis, from the rabbis, we can deduct Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Didn't the rabbis say The rabbis say the mishras comes to teach me that the taste, the flavor is considered like the substance. And from here we learn for the rest of the Torah, right? If the nazir, which is so, which is so lenient. Right, and those uh, you're allowed to benefit from, and it's only a time, time bound, a time bound, a time limited, uh, uh, expir- has an expiration date, and you can undo the whole thing. And nevertheless, the tater is strict. The tater says that the flavor is considered like the substance. How much more so the rest of the tater? So, so, so from this we deduct that Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, who learns. That Mishas comes to teach that the the the, uh, the mixture is prohibited. The entire mixture now becomes prohibited. via the kazayas of the mixture, mm-hmm. it becomes prohibited. Half of kazayas is the bread. Half of kazayas is the wine. Prohibited. So this also teaches me for the rest of the Torah. It teaches me for the rest of the Torah. Not like Rabbi Yechon. Not like not like Rabbi Yechon who said that Nazir is the exclusion. Is exclusive. Only by Nazir the Titus says that the Hetem is not a He says, no. We should learn from this, from Rabbi Kiva, from the, just like the rabbis learn from Nazir. And this teaches me for the whole entire Torah, we should say the same according to Rabbi Kiva. That if the case of Nazir, which, which is not prohibited from, from benefit, again, it has an expiration date, and you can undo the whole thing. Nevertheless, the Titus says that the whole mixture becomes prohibited. How much more so the rest of the Torah? So Amalei, so he responded to him. Ravashi responded, Mishum No, it's not the case. Rabbi Yechonon is correct. Only Nazar. Why? Mishum We have a rule that when the Torah teaches me the same thing twice, when I could have learned it from the first time, usually when the Torah teaches me once, there I learn a principle for the whole Torah. Just like here, right? But why does the Torah have to repeat it twice? Teach me the same law. 
So it's coming to teach me that it's exclusive. Only in these two cases is the exclusion of everywhere else. So since this concept of a mixture being prohibited, we find twice in the Torah, repeated twice in the case of Nazir. The Torah says the, the soaking the, the, of the bread and the wine, the, now the whole mixture becomes prohibited. And we also find it in the case of, of the sin offering. Where do we find? Nazir Nazir, like we just said, Khatas, where do we see the Taita teaches me by Khatas that the mixture becomes prohibited? The Tanya, we're continuing on 45a. The Tanya, we learn the Baraisa, Kerla Shayiga Bibsari, we can learn till the Mishnah. Tanya, we learn the Baraisa, Kerla Shayiga Bibsari Yigdash. It says anything that touches the Khatas becomes holy. I would think even if it didn't swallow, didn't absorb. Just by touching it, anything that touches the sacrificial, the sacrifice, the chatas, the meat of the sacrifice of the sin offering becomes sacred. No, bipsada, yiga bipsada, it has to be absorbed in its flesh. It has to absorb anything that absorbs the taste of the chatas, but now becomes treated like a chatas, like a sin offering. Yiga becomes holy. Lias kamboya, meaning. Let's say the chatas became, the sacrifice became disqualified. The carbon had a wrong thought or whatever other reason it became disqualified. So now this other meat that absorbed the chatas now also becomes disqualified. And let's say if it's kosher, you, this, uh, this, the, the, the meat from the chatas, sin offering is kosher and you have to eat it. You have to eat it like... Has to, you have to treat it as strictly as you treat the chattas. A chattas is very limited in time. You could only eat it in, in, the, in the temple courtyard. And you could only eat it the day and that night. So you have to treat it to even, let's say, a shlomim, a peace offering, touched, absorbed, absorbed from the sin offering. Now you have to treat the, the peace offering with the same strictness like you have to treat the sin offering. The, a peace offering I can eat anywhere in Jerusalem. Not here. I have to eat it only in the courtyard and only wow. only that day and night. The piece of offering I could eat the next day, mm. but you have now it becomes treated. You have to treat it with the sanctity of the sin offering. So with, what do we see from there? That the mixture. You're talking about a mixture there. The mixture. The chattas now became mixed with a piece of offering. So now the whole the whole mixture now becomes holy. Wow. The whole mixture now changes, is transformed, now becomes holy. Just like in the case of the Nazir. That now that you, you soak the bread and the wine, now the whole thing is treated like wine. And if I eat a kezayis of this mixture, it becomes prohibited. So why does the Torah have to teach it to me twice? So since the Torah teaches me twice, it's coming to teach me exclusive. Only in these two cases, not anywhere else in the Torah. Like Rabbi Eichlitz. What would the rabbis do? The rabbis say, no, we do learn from Nazir to the whole Torah. No, I mean, the rabbis, the rabbis, not me. What are the rabbis? The rabbis who say that it comes to teach me. Mishas comes to teach me that the flavor is considered like the substance. So also you have two, you have two cases. The Torah teaches me twice. It teaches me in the case of the Nazir. It teaches me in the case of Chattas. It absorbed the flavor. The flavor is considered like the substance. So why don't I say that I have two, since the Torah teaches me twice, so it's exclusive. It means only in these two cases, not in the rest of the Torah. So how can the rabbis learn from here in the whole entire Torah that flavor is like substance? But Abanon. The rabbis will answer you, will tell you, these case I need it. <coughs> it's not redundant. 
When do you say it's exclusive if it's redundant? If I could have learned one from the others, why does it that I have to repeat it? So teach me that only in these two cases, nowhere else. But here it's not redundant. Kiva says, why? Why do you say, why do you say tzricha? Why do you say it's not redundant? It's necessary for the Torah to teach me this rule in both cases. In the case of the of the Nazir in the case of the Sinoffering. Yes, I could understand if the Torah would only teach me in the case of the Sinoffering. I wouldn't be able to learn the case of Nazir from it. The Chulun, I can't learn Chulun from Kachim. I can't learn. Kachim is sacred. Kachim is holy. It's a category for itself. You can't learn any rule, any principle from Kachim. Here it's so strict, it's so holy. So therefore, maybe there the Torah said that taste is considered like substance. I would never know that the same thing, I wouldn't deduct from there the same is true in the case of a Nazarite. A Nazar is, is not. It's not Kachim, it's not holy. Ella. Let the Torah just teach it to me in the case of a Nazir. I can learn Chathas from Nazir. If Chulin, if Nazir, which is not sacred, the Torah says that the taste, the flavor is considered like a substance, how much more so in the case of a Sinov? So therefore it's extra. So it's redundant. Why does the Torah have to teach me again in the case of Sinov? Since it's redundant, it's coming to teach me that only in these two cases, exclusively and nowhere else. You learn every, everything from Nazir. So it's not read, so it is redundant. But Abban and Amr, the rabbis will tell you. No, it's not redundant. I do, I do need both cases. Why? I'll tell you that really Chatos comes to teach me. In the case of the Chatos, the Torah is coming to teach me. That had the mitzvahs. The chiddush, the novelty of the sac- case of the sacrifice is there. I agree with you. There is coming to teach me that the whole mixture is prohibited. So if I eat, if I eat a mixture of the of the non sin offering, half of it is non sin offering and half of it is, is is like the what it absorbed from the sin offering. So I get lashes. It's coming to teach me that the mixture becomes prohibited. That's what it's coming to teach me. That the entire mixture becomes prohibited. So it covers uh, the entire Torah? And that's only in the case of Kachim, because I can't learn the rest of the Torah from from holiness. It's unique to Kachim. And even even by Nazir we don't say that. Even by Nazir we don't say that the mixture the mixture becomes prohibited. Because you can't learn anything from the sacred. The sacred is unique. So that's a special novelty the Torah is coming to teach me. Why does the Torah repeat by Kachim? If it's just coming to teach me that the flavor is considered like the substance, I don't need that. I learn it I can learn it from Nazir. It's enough to teach me once, and from there I know the rest of the Torah, including Kachim. How much more so Kachim in the case of the sacred? Is, the sacred is coming to teach me a novelty. That there we say, there we say that the whole mixture becomes prohibited, and that's unique, exclusive to holiness. But, but here, in the case of Nazir, the Torah is teaching me about flavor. That the flavor is considered like substance, and the Torah only teaches it to me once. And from here I learn the same is true, the rest of the Torah. Well, is that same here as well? 
So it isn't just a matter of exclusive, it's a matter yeah. of importance. Exactly, it's not, exclu- it's not exclusive. From here we learn the rest of the title. Uh, that the flavor is like the substance. I can't learn the rest of the Torah. That, that the, the mixture, the whole mixture becomes prohibited because that's unique to Kachim. I can't learn the rest of the Torah from Kachim. Kachim is a, is a category apart. From here you learn the whole entire Torah. Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva, no, Rabbi Kiva says, Rabbi Kiva says, I don't need the Mishras, the soaking, I don't need to teach me that the flavor is like the substance, because that I learned already from the purging of the, of the, non, of the non-kosher pots, of the non-Jews pots. From there I learned that flavor is, is considered like substance. Mishras comes to teach me that the mixture, that the mixture that even if I eat half bread, half a kazayas of bread and half a kazayas of the wine, the whole mixture becomes prohibited. And that's the exact same thing that the Torah is teaching me about chatas. So therefore it's tup sukim. So therefore it's coming to, since it's redundant, it's coming to tell me that only in these two cases and nowhere else in the Torah. Amalei, the last piece. Amalei, Rav Kach, Rav Kahn, Rav Ajit, Rav Kahn. It's a great Gemara. Amalei, Rav Ajit, Rav Kahn, Elaha, the Tanya. We learn the Brais. Mikol, Asher, Yasem, Migefen, Ayay. Michartan, anything that's made from. From the grape. From the seeds. Till the shell. Adzog, Lima, that comes to teach me. Ali, Surin, Isurin, Nazir, Surin, Nazir, Mestar, from them. That. All the prohibitions of Nazir all combined together. Whether it's a grape, uh, whether it's the, the grape, it's the wine, it's the seed, it's the shell, it's the, 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 the raisins, it all combines together. A mixture of, of seeds and, and, and shells, and it all combines to the prohibition. Hashta, now according to Rabbi Kiva, Yisav has him started from Yisav Why does the Tate have to teach me? That you combine. Two things that are prohibited, the, the grape, the seed, the shell of the grape, the skin of the grape. Uh, that it combines, if, if a mixture combines, if you're saying a mixture of the bread and the, and the, and the wine combines, like, how much more so is there two things that are prohibited, boil it. Amalei, so he answered, When do we say that the combination, the mixture is prohibited, it's only if you eat them together? Here we're saying, even if you don't eat it together, eat first, you eat the skin of the grape. Then a little while later, you eat the seeds of the grape. And then you eat a little of the grape, a little wine, all together, it all adds up. And that's what the title is coming to teach me. But it, but the mixture of of of, uh, of mixture of permitted and not permitted. If you eat one after the other, you're not liable. Even if you ate it within a few minutes. But with respect to two types of forbidden foods, they combine as long as they were eaten in that, in that time frame. Okay, tomorrow we'll continue the mission. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day.